Alrighty, we are live and in living color. Welcome to another fantastic episode of This Week in Reselling, where we interview special guests each and every week from different walks of life in the reselling world. Here we'll discuss the highs and lows of reselling and dive into great conversation. We are positive that you're going to hear something that's going to help you become a better reseller. I am your host, Ray. And again, I'm not joined by with my co-host, Dustin. Again, he is in the process of moving into his new home, but hopefully we'll have Dustin next week. But guys, we have a great guest today. This is his second time here. We have Wayne with K-Way Shop. Wayne, how are you doing this fine Sunday evening, sir? I'm doing good. I was talking to Ray before. Uh, Kayla can't join us tonight because the baby's, he's not sick, but he's coughing. So uh, she wants to bed early just in case she has to wake up. So she apologizes to anybody that was waiting for her tonight. Yeah. Well, guys, if you want to hear Kayla, you know, we do have the first ever interview that we did with uh, with Wayne and Kayla is in the description. So if you guys want to check out that first interview, we did it nine months ago. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have Wayne back on just to kind of catch up because a lot has changed in the last line, nine months. And I briefly went back and watched the end of, of the of our interview today because I always like to end the, the podcast with what are your goals that, to accomplish. And something that you said, and we can get right to it, something that you said that in the next year you want to reach – 23,000 more dollars than you did the previous year or around there. And you also said you wanted to go hard on social media, especially YouTube and doing those live thrifts on YouTube. And you've been doing that consistently on your YouTube channel, which is interesting. But we were talking a little, a little bit briefly before, you know, we came live here, excuse me. And one of the things you've managed to, and I was talking to Wayne a lot of people still don't know the crazy following that you have, especially on TikTok. You know, YouTube is growing, Facebook, and then your whatnot, which is absolutely insane. Anytime Wayne goes live on whatnot, he has anywhere from between 200 and 250 people watching him at all times, which to me is absolutely crazy. And I would love to have that many people on my whatnot streams. But um, Wayne, for the people that may not know you, before we get into, you know, like you putting together this cult following of what is k-way shop please give a little introduction about like who you are what you do and all that good stuff so the people that may not know you get a little brief understanding yeah 100 percent. so if you want to learn like the the start of my reselling process that is on the old podcast so make sure you hop back there um, i kind of described how i got into reselling and all that stuff but um so go back and watch that give it a like do all that good stuff for ray but um so I sell mostly um, pre-owned clothing, pre-owned and new clothing. Um, I sell on eBay, Poshmark, Mercari, and whatnot. Whatnot is like our new like baby that we started this year. Um, I didn't really think it was going to grow into anything crazy. I thought it was just going to be a fun way to sell extra stuff. Um, I really wasn't going to get into it. If like some of my original followers know, like they would always ask me, are you going to start doing whatnot? Um, because I would always do lives on TikTok and they're like, you're really good at lives on TikTok. I think you'd be really great on whatnot. And I'm like, nah, every time I went to whatnot, it was any show I watched. It was like people selling almost like junk. They couldn't sell on eBay. Like I'd watch their shows and I'd be like, I don't know why I would even bid on that. You know, they got it up for $5 and it's like a 10, $15 piece. So well, that kind of threw me off and I didn't really want to do whatnot. 
Um, and then I kept getting asked about it and I was like, all right, let me go like search through whatnot, see how the shows are run, all that good stuff. And, um, I, I decided like, I'm going to do it a little different and I'm going to bring the stuff that I currently am selling on eBay for good money. And I'm going to run it on whatnot and see what we can do. I also have a decent size following, so it helps bring that over to whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we do. eBay, Poshmark, Mercari and whatnot. I'm officially... Um, as of Black Friday, a six-figure seller on whatnot. So I hit just over 100 Congratulations. And nine months. So that's like really, really cool. I've been pushing for that really hard. And eBay this year is pretty close to that too. So we're spread across a bunch of platforms. We're not just all on one. We have multiple that we sell on. That's awesome. Congratulations, Wayne. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Considering that yeah. you're only selling clothes, it's not like you're selling like iPads and computers and car parts and stuff like that you're so you know it's like one one polo at a time six figures which is incredible it's pretty but, much uh, pretty much primarily pre-owned clothing on those shows too it's like probably 80 20 pre-owned and then new clothing and i know we're we're gonna be talking about whatnot a lot so um i'm tr what wayne so you've done this you've done whatnot for nine months and of course you continue to sell on ebay like myself but for you what are the pros and cons and whatnot what do you see it do you like it better than ebay or like what do we um that's a good question um i think whatnot is definitely more difficult obviously you got to be in front of camera in front of the camera talking to chat running the items um the good thing i was already had experience doing that because i was already doing tiktok for like a year on live so and sitting here answering questions shouting out people like amy um, Reisner's in the chat, Art of Resale, Goat's in the chat right now, um, Kim's in the chat. Like I'm, I'm used to doing that kind of stuff so I can multitask very well, which why a lot of people said when they came to my lives, they were like, hey, you should probably look into doing whatnot because you're really good at doing this. So um, I, I would say whatnot is a little bit more difficult. If, with whatnot, you are, you are the advertising. With eBay, you put your item up and it eBay advertise, advertises it for you. Whereas whatnot, you got to be the person that advertises it. So that's why people with huge followings are more successful because they're able to advertise to a bigger crowd. For example, I have a crowd that likes clothing, like my thrifting lives, all that good stuff. So I'm able to promote my lives and my whatnot shows to a following that already likes the products I'm selling, which is easier to bring those people to my shows. Okay. Okay. Trisha is already mad at you. Um, okay, well, I know. She's... It's not She's a fake. We learned this year that Trisha is actually a fake Jags fan. She said that she earlier this year, she said that uh, she doesn't like football or the Jags. So anytime she mentions the Jags to you, Ray, just ignore her comment. I don't even know why anybody would be a Jaguars fan in the first place. So <laughs> there are only very few and they're starting to come out of the weeds now because they're doing good. Exactly. I did know a shout out to my ex coworker. His name is Joe. We called him Jaguar Joe. This is the guy that like I've known or I knew and it had kind of like a little bit of a screw loose. And so these are like the Blake Bortle days and he was such a hardcore Jaguars fan. So for him, I'm glad that the Jaguars are doing at least okay, but they still haven't won anything. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta do something, you know, but um, let's say hi to the people in the chat. We do want to say hi to Trish. Good to see you, Trisha. We need to have Trisha on. Trisha, I'm going to get with you with that. With that. Robert's in the building. Arizona pick in. We have our girl, uh, Kristen, a real squirrel is here. Good to see you, Kristen. Amy, Stacy, my boy, Art. 
um, is here. And we have uh, we have Chris, Chris at peak. He says, I was promised Kayla. Hey, you got you got to come on a little earlier. Um, yeah, we already gave an excuse. Channel. Yeah. Tokyo Thrifts in the building. And that flipper dude. What's up, man? Good to see you. And uh, I don't even – what did she say? I don't even say about football <laughs> – Sounds like Tennessee fans are mad they're not number one in the AFC South. Hey, we still have time. We still have time, guys. We still have time. Imagine living four and not being a Dolphins fan. Well, I mean, you have – you can be a Bucks fan. You can be a Jaguars fan. You can be a, a couple of different be a Titans fans. Fan. You can be a Titans fan. That's right. So uh, you boys are dressed like my uncle in the late 80s. Hey, I had to pull out the Kooji for, for Wayne because he is the Kooji master, and um, that's what he's known for, which – Wayne, if nobody knows, give us a little brief introduction of like the the Kooji. That's kind of like your your brand. Where did that yeah. come from? Um, so one of the things I wanted to thrift for the longest time was a Kooji sweater. And uh, I finally thrifted one this year and I got it in hand and I was like, man, it would be really cool to collect these. Like, I really like the sweater. So I just started collecting them and then I made it. Uh, everybody kind of knew me as the the Kooji guy because I had a couple Kooji's and I was like, all right, I'll put on my background image and we just ran with it. But uh, I have a whole bunch of them now. I think I have like anywhere between fifteen to twenty Kooji sweaters in the house, just chilling right now. I live in Florida, so I never get to wear. <laughs> I get to display them. That's it. Hey, it's cold here today, man. So yeah. definitely wore this for sure. So we have a uh, arbitrage all stars. Good to see you. And Joel's in the building. On Andrea, on Andra, Johnston. Andre. Andra, nice. Yeah. And Travis, totally just realized I was the wrong um, this wrong account. Hey, you any account, any account, Travis. Love Wayne and Kayla's tips to live thrifting. They're very helpful. Hey, excuse me, helpful and transparent, so you folks don't draw on them. Um, so that's a good segue into what I want to talk about. Wayne is your the way that you have built the following, and that is through like which platforms. Because, okay, so for someone that wants to build a following, like you or you and Kayla are doing, and I'm sure you've stumbled along the way and you found certain things that you, certain ways to build that following, what have you noticed that works for you and what doesn't? And I know it's different, different strokes for different folks, of course, but what has been working for you that has grown you, the people that, you know, all these people that are in your chat that are here for you? Um, so I always tell people like my number one thing is, yeah, I know I saw that comment too. <laughs> um, my number one thing is to give all the knowledge you have away for free and that will help you build your following. So that's pretty but much you're ruining I, the game, Wayne, that way you're know, ruining the game. Those comments all the time. And it just doesn't make any sense that the thing I say to those people is if it was ruining the game, then I wouldn't be able to go thrifting and still fill a cart every single time I go to the thrift store. It just doesn't make it. Their, their comments are always like, I go to the thrift store and I don't find anything. And I'm like, that's weird. Every time I go to the thrift store, I find a full cart of stuff. So maybe it's not the fact that I'm giving away the information for free. Maybe you should be listening to the information so you can take that information and go to the thrift store and fill your cart too. Um, yeah, it's just that it just doesn't make any sense. That argument is crazy. But yeah, growing the following, I give away the information for free. Um, I saw like the potential on TikTok when I first started. I really liked watching like other people live and just doing like normal things live. So I noticed there was nobody like really that was in the thrifting space that would go live. 
and like show their processes. So I started by going live on TikTok and literally showing myself listing items every single night for like a year. And I took like maybe 10 days off and every single night at, at the beginning, I think it was 8.30 and then I moved it to 9.30 cause Joey was, my baby was having trouble sleeping. So it's easier to move to 9.30. Um, and now we're kind of at a space where I'm not going live every single night, but that's how I grew my following there. I also go live in the morning. And again, I saw a space on Facebook where nobody was going live and like shipping their orders. So I do multicast where I go live every morning on TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube and ship my orders and answer questions. Um, I think that's big. Just being transparent and being yourself is like the biggest thing you can have. Like don't hide your stuff behind a paywall. Don't act like somebody you're not. Just be yourself and you'll grow. I want to reiterate what you're saying a little bit, and I don't think that people really caught this, but you were going live for a year, except for 10 days. Guys, think about this. A whole year live every single day, except for 10 days, and now you, you know, you don't do it as much now, but I'm sure you're doing it, if not every day, every other day. Yeah. So I'm still going pretty much live every single morning, Monday through Friday. Um, The weekends is normally when I'm trying to take time off now just to, you know, chill out because it's a lot, it's a lot to be on live all the time. Plus we're doing lives on whatnot on the weekends now too. So that Mm -hmm. you have to add that into the live live space too. But Monday through Friday, Wednesday is the only day I do my live thrift. So I do a live thrift on Wednesday at 9am over on TikTok, and I download those and put those up on YouTube to rewatch but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday in the morning, I'm multicasting on the three platforms, shipping out orders. And then sometimes later that night, I'll do a live and just hang out or I'll do some listings or something like that. But go. yeah, for, for a full year, I took like 10 days off. Which is crazy. And I don't think in a lot of people, they always say, well, I want to I want to have 10,000 subscribers on YouTube or I want 100,000 followers on TikTok. But you're not putting out any videos. You're not doing anything. You're not doing any of the work. You know, people say, I want to be a six-figure reseller on eBay, but you're not listing anything. So, I mean, you still have to put in the work. So, Wayne, before, like, what made you even want to do that to go live? Like, did you want to share? Did you, you did you know the end goal that if I, if I give out every little piece of information that I know to become a successful reseller to other people, that somehow I'm going to reap, reap the benefits of that that I don't even know what it is, but eventually I'm going to reap the benefits of it. Um, I wouldn't say I was really going for, to reap the benefits. I was just doing what I felt like I needed to do because I learned all the information that I know from other people giving out the information for free. Like I said, in the first interview, the first people I watched was rally roots and rally roots would have these videos on YouTube and they'd give out all their information and I'd look at their store and I'd, you know, I, I'd learn a bunch from them and then I'd go on YouTube videos and I learned from other people on YouTube. It wasn't TikTok back then, but I would, I, I learned from Pure Hustle podcasts, a lot of stuff from them while listening to their podcasts and learning a bunch from like their, um, their podcasts and their tips and tricks. There's a bunch of people I follow on Instagram that I learned from. So I felt like it's only right that if I learned so much, I have all this knowledge. Why don't I try to get back? Um, of course, there's benefits that come from that. If you gain a following, you know, monetarily, um, platforms will pay you and all that stuff. But in the beginning, that wasn't, that wasn't the goal to, to mm-hmm. gain money. It was just to give back 
um, hang out with like-minded people. Reselling can be very, very um, like secluded almost because you're pretty much at your house. Luckily I have my wife um, helping yeah. me out and listing, but you're pretty much by yourself most of the day. So if you're able to just fire up a live and just hang out with a bunch of like-minded people, um, it can be really good for you. So what do you say? What, what's what, let, me, let me get through these comments and I'll answer my question yeah. or ask my question. I'm a little mad that the Titans are periodically wearing the Oilers gear. Listen, the Titans own the Oilers. They are the Oilers. The franchise is one and the same, that flipper dude. So it's not like, you know, I, I will I will die on that hill, you know. <laughs> so as I – is this Titans Anonymous? It, it is Titans that's, Anonymous. That's a Colts fan, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Surf's, Surf's a big Colts fan. Uh, I'm sorry. I feel bad <laughs> for Colts fans sometimes because what is it, Andrew Luck? And he just decides to like retire. You have like a the best the, like a franchise quarterback, and then like oh, yeah, I'm done. he's gonna start talking about Peyton Manning in the chat, and we don't want to hear anything about it. Just, hey, just right past them. Peyton Manning, University of Tennessee. Wayne also answers the same questions repeatedly, repeatedly without frustration, which is key, but also while he doesn't get wild he doesn't get frustrated what are some of the what are there some of those questions wayne um the chat can probably tell you those uh there's there's wifey she's in the chat at the bottom oh too. there we go um she's hanging out in bed right now she's all cuddled up but um <laughs> that's wifey right there um so questions i get frequently do you wash your items um that's i literally if you go to every one of my videos i post on tiktok there's probably at least one person that says do you wash your items before you sell them interesting um, yeah, and that that question is over and over and over again. Um, like, does how do you depend, does it depend on the item? Like, do you wash your items? The the only time I wash items if they have stains or bad smells. Everybody knows that answer. That's go. the exact there answer I give. Uh, most of the time, when you go to thrifts, if you go into the bins, it's a little bit different because your items mm -hmm. are mixed in with a bunch of random garbage. But thrift stores, especially the one I go to, like hand picks their items. And most of the time when people donate to thrift stores, they donate out of their clean closets. So they're not going through their dirty laundry and donating that stuff. It's normally out of their clean closet stuff that they don't wear anymore. Um, so typically the items are in good condition. Another one is, do you, do you ever have an issue with bed bugs? And I'm like, oh. bed bugs don't live in clothing. Like as soon yeah. as they're on the rack, they want a spot where it's not moving and they're like next to somebody that they can, you know, feast. They're not mm -hmm. going to be stuck on a, a rack. As soon as you put it, they, it moves a little bit. They're out of there. They're going to the corner of the room or they're going to a stuffed animal pile or something like that. They're not going to hang out in clothes. That's interesting. Huh? That's a crazy question to, to ask. Look, okay. Look at uh, all the uh, yeah. <laughs> Audra Audra says, uh, their whatnots are very high quality too. I've gotten some bad products from a few sellers there. You have to stand by your product like they do. People know that you can trust them to sell. So there you go. Reseller Island is a lonely island. He took the Oilers from us. I'm still bitter. You wouldn't pay for you wouldn't pay for the new stadium. So I mean, come to Nashville, Trisha. Thank you so much for the super sticker. Do appreciate it. Everyone, go follow Trisha on all her social media platforms. Barba Booty, do you wash clothes? Okay, Jag, Jags one hashtag. Do you wash clothes? Okay, do you wash the items? Most common questions: Can Kayla come out to play? <laughs> there we go. I usually roll with them around in the dirt before I sell mine. Exactly. Yeah. Common, uh, Kevin's clothes are always absolutely filthy. So, what's the best brand? Brand is oh my gosh. I yeah, would, that's that's another. I cannot. That's oh. such a. 
I can't believe I forgot that one. What's it? What's your top five or top 10 brands that sell most frequently? And my answer always is my eBay store is linked in my bio. You can see what I have listed and sold for the last 90 days. That's you can figure out what my top brand is just from that. You should, you should do a YouTube video and then just direct them to your YouTube video. I've thought about that. I've actually, uh, next year we have, we have a lot of goals we're going to hit and obviously growing YouTube is one of them. We talked about that before. And I think I'm, I'm going to do videos like that, that I can, you know, push people to surf's up is, does a good job doing that. He has a couple of videos where he's able to just tell people, Hey, go look at my video. And that's something that I'll probably focus on next year. There you go. Joel says, I started watching K way before anyone else. I get a lot of people who call others the OG, but me, I started with K-Way. Is that true, K-Way? Can you, uh, um, can you verify that? Joel was near the beginning. He definitely was not first. He was near the beginning, though. Shout okay, out, Joel. Okay. There we go. There we go. People ask his for his light box. Yeah, your light box is absolutely massive. Polymailers, relisters, auto postures, all on this link tree. There you go. What's up, Angie? Good to see you. Angie Resales is in the building. Carol C. Hi, Angie. Dad, you constructed your light box personally. Um, <laughs> Nashville Flippers is an OG. That's right. I, is an o- I am an OG. Mm-hmm. People forget that we started, I think, um, how long have you been reselling, Wayne? Is it pre-pandemic? Yeah, so you were pre-pandemic. Yeah. So it's funny how, like, right now, you know, you see a lot of YouTube videos and I'm sure TikToks about eBay's numbers are low and they're slow and eBay. And these are the people that are like started reselling in 2020 where like we sports was selling consistently for like $50. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, this is kind of, it is a little bit down, but this is kind of how it is usually. And not to mention, we're kind of like a little bit in a recession going into a, um, a, uh, a political year, you know, so that's usually causes a little disruption in that, but, um, I don't know, but thanks to whatnot, it's been, it's been interesting this year as well, but okay. Switching gears a little bit, uh, Wayne. So what have you made a mistake in with trying to gain your following? Hmm. What have I made? Like, as you have, have, did you ever do anything and you were like, this isn't working. I need to like, kind of like switch gears here. Um, I think the only thing I can think of is in the beginning of this year, I, I, I wanted to push YouTube the same time I was pushing Facebook and I pushed Facebook really well this year because it was a really easy transition from TikTok to Facebook. Cause you can move the same um, content from one platform to another. Uh, but I wanted to grow YouTube as well this year. And I started this year good with putting out videos, not live thrifts, but like actual videos formatted for YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't keep up with it. I was trying to do too much at once. And this was before we brought on my mother-in-law to help us with listing and stuff like that. So I, I I was stretching myself way too thin. Um, I think that was my, probably my biggest mistake that I can think of. Um, yeah, trying to push too much in the beginning. That's why next year, going into next year, we have a plan to grow YouTube. Um, that way we won't be stretched too thin. That's good. That's good. Cause man, YouTube is a, it's a beast. It's a beast for sure. Mm-hmm. So I like doing these lives cause it's, it's easy. And I like talking to people and I like interacting with the chat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really good. Lad was saying, you mean I can't sell anything Pokemon double retail? Exactly. 
exactly. 2020 was an interesting year for sure. And Trisha, Trisha is amazing. 44 people watching and only 13 likes. Make sure you all hit the thumbs up on this live. Thank you so much, Trisha. And if you haven't subscribed, do yourself a favor and do us a favor and subscribe. Would greatly appreciate the channel. And if you haven't already followed us on our podcast, if you're listening to this audibly, make sure you hit the follow button on our podcast this week in reselling where we drop an episode each and every week we do appreciate that so with that being said before we get into our next thing uh, wayne i do want to give out give a shout out to one of the sponsors of the podcast and that's our good friends over at Meyer reseller genie the best accounting and analytics solution for all resellers which integrates with a bunch of different reselling platforms like ebay poshmark macari grailed you name it and guys if you use the code nashville flippers you're going to get 15 percent off your first month so if you're an absolute mess come tax time and you have a box full of receipts or a spreadsheet that you cannot possibly read please go over to my reseller genie and make sense of your numbers and use the code nashville flippers for 15 percent off your first month so wayne let's talk about ebay let's talk about whatnot give me pros and cons for like the differences i know that you started uh whatnot what is it nine months now yeah, it was. In I know that we first March. talked. You were kind of like, you were kind, you were in transition into moving into, whatnot. So um, nine months have passed, and you do something a little different that not not a lot of people may know about or may not know. We were just talking about it earlier today, but you also do consignment on whatnot, which is a very interesting business model, in my opinion, especially with a following like yours. So someone can just give your or send the items to you you sell them and then you take a little bit of a percentage on that could you tell us a little bit about that and how whatnot has been for your business so far this year yeah so um whatnot we started it march i think it was mid-march if i can remember correctly i can look at my spreadsheet figure exactly when when i started but uh, mid-march again we didn't really think it was gonna grow into something huge i just i saw potential on it but i didn't know that it would potentially be my top selling platform this year as quickly as it was and now it is my top selling platform um uh with the consignment piece so once i hit um a thousand sales on whatnot you're able to get instant payouts so I waited until I hit that thousand sales and I got the instant payouts. And I'm always trying to figure out ways to um, to do something different that no, I don't see anybody else doing that could potentially benefit me. And I'm constantly thinking like at night, sometimes I'm up for like an hour, just sitting in bed, thinking of like new strategies and stuff like that. Also talking to like-minded people, shout out Chris, me and him talk all the time. Um, and I saw the potential I know there, I know there's a lot of people out there. I'm one of those people that have a massive death pile and you, you want to get rid of your death pile and you want to be able to sell it for near eBay prices. So as I grew my shows and we started getting better and better prices, I saw the opportunity to reach out to some of these sellers and let people know during my lives, like, Hey, we're doing consignment. We're going to start doing consignment here. We're going to take a couple people at the, at the beginning and see how well it does. And, uh, it was really successful. We, we try to look for higher end items. Obviously, if we do, we do, we do 70, 30 splits. I don't know if I mentioned that 70, 30 splits. So the, the consignee gets 70 and we get 30. And most people would think that's insane. You should be doing 50, 50 or 60, 40. And the reason I'm doing 70, 30 is because most of the people I'm dealing with are resellers that spend their same amount of money that I do on their items. 
So I need it to be beneficial to them as beneficial as possible. So they send me their best stuff and they're comfortable with it. We sell it. They get close, not, not exactly what they would get on eBay, but it's instant money. So if you mm-hmm. go out and you find a rack of Patagonia, I want to be the first person you think of say, I can send this to Wayne on Monday. It can get there on Thursday and he can run those 10 sweaters on Friday or Saturday. And I get paid out on Monday. So from Monday to Monday, I've sold those sweaters. Good luck trying to do that on eBay unless you list them super low or you have like crazy sweaters. But again, they're not going to sell that fast. So I see it as a benefit to both the consignee and myself to do 70-30 splits because I'm able to grow my shows. And that's the whole point of it, to grow my shows. And people know like, hey, K-Way has the best stuff on his shows because he consigns with people and they're sending him the craziest stuff. Um, So that's the idea behind the consignment. Um, it's been beneficial to both parties. It's really beneficial to both parties. What made you even want to think of consign consigning? Cause I mean, you really let, and that's what I'm saying guys. Like you don't understand like the following that Wayne has when you open up the whatnot app and there's 250 people watching his shows and it's not like, but it's not like you have a lot of you know, like your social media numbers, you're not like, you know, you're not like crazy lamp lady and you're not like Harry tornado, but like your, your core, you're like, you got the most like ride or die people that I've ever seen. And that's why I call it the K way cult. Yeah. Cause what, it's, what's the difference? it's ridiculous. What's the difference between me and them though? I mean, they're not lies all the time. That's true. People wanna, That's true. People want to see what you do every single day. I wish I could see what Rally Roots was doing like when I first started. I, I really wish I could see like what their sales were. They would flip their camera and show their spreadsheet and show exactly how many sales they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, they would show the inside. I've actually shown a live. It's on YouTube and you can see my entire background of my whatnot. I'm literally running the whatnot and doing a live at the same time and you can see exactly what I'm doing. So if you wanted to learn how to do whatnot, you just watch that live. So th- that's key. And I think a lot of a lot of resellers miss that point is, you know, people want to see what you do in your average day. People want to see you live thrift. They want to see what you pick up, what you pass on. They don't want to just see what you pick up at, on a YouTube video. They also want to see what you pass on. If you watch my live thrifts, you can see literally probably 15,000 pieces I skip in the 90 that I pick up. You can see all that on my live video. So that's, are you go, are you going uh, to Goodwills, local thrifts? Because a lot of people they're thinking right now they're like, well, the prices are too high. The prices are too high. Like, okay, so, what are we what are yeah. we working with here, Wayne? Or do you agree with that? Or are the prices too high there? Or what what's going on? Well, I think the prices of everything went up over the last few years. So uh, people just equate to Goodwill as they're immune to prices going up, which I don't agree with. I think their prices should raise with the economy. Um, of course, they get their stuff for free, but they have to pay for the employees, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. So, yeah. D- do they have to be as high as they are? Probably not. W- why would I don't understand their business model of why put items in a store and price them at eight dollars and they don't sell. And then you sell them in the Goodwill bins for 50 cents yeah, and you have ridiculous. to pay to move all that stuff over there. Like mm-hmm. that business model doesn't make any sense to me. I wish I could talk to a Goodwill rep and be like, what is why? <laughs> like you, you're not selling it in store. So you're paying it to be stocked. You're paying it to be unstocked. You're paying it to be put in a car. You're paying it 
to have it shipped to the Goodwill bins where you sell it for 50 cents. You lost money on that item. There's no way you can tell me you didn't lose money on that particular item. Unless they're taking a loss on purpose so they can write it off at the end of the year. That's the only reason why I think they would do it. But Yeah, but I mean, if they would just price everything at like $3, they would move it all. But mm-hmm. I don't complain about the prices. I just look for the pieces that the price, the price they're priced at makes sense for me to make a profit. So stuff that I was picking up maybe three years ago that I can't pick up now because it's priced too high. I'm not going to pick it up anymore. Um, but I don't, the the store I go to when I do my live thrifts is called red, white, and blue. It's red, white, and blue thrift store. They're all over the U S I think they're mostly South. Um, I don't know if they have any in Tennessee. I don't think um, they, uh, I've yeah. never heard of it. So I don't think you, you got to Google it. Cause some of their stores are, they're not called red, white, and blue thrift. They're called like the thrift store. And there's like another name for them. So they okay. use all kinds of different names. But that that store is the best because it's from what I understand, it's a for profit. So they donate just a small portion, but they're not enough to be a nonprofit. So they have to keep inventory pumping because they got to make a profit. They're buying their inventory and then they're selling it on the floor. So. Oh, wow. OK. So they have people stocking literally all day. If, if you watch my lives um, as I'm walking through the aisles, I try not to show people's faces, but you can see the, the workers that are on the middle of the floor and they always got like eight people stocking the shelves. It's a massive store. Um, they're constantly doing discounts. So when I go on Wednesdays, there's only one full price color and all the other colors, which I think there's six of them are all half off. So that's why I go on Wednesdays. I get last week's half off color, uh, last week's full price color half off. And that's where, when we get the best deals, but, um, yeah, um, I, I still go to Goodwill. I just don't go as frequently as I used to. Um, also because I'm time, I have time constraint too. I can't go to, I live in Florida. I live in really good area, Tampa Bay area, and we have tons of thrift stores. I just don't have time to hit all of them. So I try to hit the one where I'm going to get the most items at, and that's red, white, and blue. There you go. There you go. Let's see what the chat is saying. And guys, if you have any questions for Wayne, make sure to put them in the chat. We greatly appreciate it. We have Angie saying, I just noticed the amazing sweaters. Thank you so much, Angie. Got the Got the knives of vintage on and we have uh Lissette is in the building. Good to see you. The flipping dude, it says I have asked people about doing consignment and whatnot, and I've been getting mixed responses. Finally, someone gets it. Yeah. Uh, Arizona Pixie says I have learned so much from Wayne, always encouraging and hustle hard with no excuses. We have uh, Christopher and others in the building. My middle name is Wayne. So it must be why I like them. There you go. And surf stuff is saying five, five K subs who are loyal are way more than five fifty K 50 K that are Next. in and out. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. We have Joe with, I flipped that is in the building and, uh, Audria. Am I saying that right? Wayne? Audra. 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 I want to put an end in there. Um, some of the whatnot shows rooms are scary. Like I don't want something out of that scary hoarder room. Love the surf stuff through. Is that Surf Stuff's um, hoarder room? Is she? Is she no, no, no. She's saying that she likes uh, we, me and Surf's do like live Q and A's together on Thursday nights, where we just answer a bunch of questions about clothing and reselling and all kinds of good stuff. Nice, nice, nice. Joe's saying like Plato's video prices are high, but that's where the meat and the bone on a few items. There we go. Got to be smarter than the thrifts. No location in Tennessee. I checked. Thank you so much, Trisha. Appreciate that. Lines Creek Boutique. What's going on here? Uh, 10 to 3 Baltimore. Who is Baltimore playing? I don't know. Uh, who cares? Baltimore's probably going to win that game. Uh, what do you? What did you get the nickname The Roommate? Says Christopher at peak. 
Yeah, everybody calls me it's Kayla and the roommate. That's what they call Kayla me. Kayla and the roommate. Now, have ever bought bulk buys off? Have you ever bought bulk buys off of Rally Roots? No, I've never bought bulk buys. I watched a uh, Drew's video a while back where he bought all those shoes. Um, that was a good bulk buy, but no, I've never, I've never bought bulk off them. I do buy bulk every single week from a local guy that I met in a thrift store that is basically, he was like a hoarder and he just loved buying clothing. Um, every single week he brings me more clothing. We meet up and he's got insane pieces and he sells them for almost the same price that he paid at a thrift store. So I'm like, okay, this nice. is a win. Yeah. You get money, make a little bit. And I make it's a little always bit. Good to have a guy for yep. sure. It's good to have a guy. Yeah. No, Tokyo Thrift, don't make don't make us ban you on this live chat. So, um, have you thought about anything like maybe like uh, going to like a like a rag shop or getting like bulk buys off the internet or anything like that? <clears throat> or are you more like not t-shirt bros, but more like outerwear kind of stuff? Yeah, so I get those comments all the time uh, from the I call them the vintage T-shirt boys. You know, the, yeah. the guys that you go to the bins and there's bros. like a yeah. there's like a click of them. They're always at the bins and they're always like looking for those little ten dollar profit vintage T-shirts. Um, I, I'm I'm not a vintage T-shirt boy. If you go through my store, there's very few vintage T-shirt. Actually, there's probably no vintage T-shirts in there. Maybe one or two. Uh, I'm more for like mainstream clothing brands. Um, I just don't I don't get the mindset of go to a thrift store or a uh, Ben's location and look for vintage t-shirts. And meanwhile, there's so many better brands and there's so much more on the racks that are modern than vintage. And you're skipping over all those just because you're strictly going for vintage t-shirts. Same as like a rag rag house. Mm-hmm. I get it. They're profitable and they're cheap, but it's a lot more work. Um, and I think it's a lot less profitable than high-end mainstream clothing. There's just more people that wear high-end mainstream clothing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, one of the things that have um, played around with me, because, you know, we sell consumer electronics on our whatnots, and we usually, the majority of the items that we get are from the, the Ben stores, Amazon Ben stores, which we find incredible, incredible things. Two weeks ago, we found, like, four iPhones, like, two Motorola phones, which is absolutely crazy, which will, they all will be available on our next whatnot, so check that out for sure. But uh, anyways, so we get to pick and choose what we want to purchase, you know? And at a still like a low rate. And a lot of people say, why don't you buy pallets? Why don't you buy pallets? Like you said, if I did that, it's a lot of work and you really don't know what you're getting. And in this case, I can kind of open it up, test it, make sure everything is there. And so I can sell it. But with a pallet, you know, I can see a pallet and it might have one good thing. But if I open it up and it's broken, then it's like, man, that one good thing I already lost money on. Like if I see a PS5 in a pallet and I open it up and it's broken, I mean, like, dang, that's half of the half of the stuff. You know what I mean? Half of the, the money. So, yeah, I'm a little, I get, I get asked that a lot too about, about that. Yeah, I get asked that a lot too about buying pallets. Like, why don't you go and just buy a pallet of clothing? And I, pallets are, are hard. I think there's some people that do really good on whatnot. There's some sellers that are, they get really good stuff. Um, but I noticed recently that a lot of them are running the same items. One show will be running the same thing. For example, good American, everybody in like a month ago was running good American because I think good American like blew out all their summer stuff and they just, they all were sourcing from the same exact bulk buyer. Mm -hmm. So we went to every show and everybody's selling good American. So, um, there's ways to do it 
if if I were to do pallets and I saw something like that, I would actually hold that those pallets. I would have to have a space where I could hold those pallets until everybody sold off theirs, and then I would run them the next summer. That would be the most right. like six months later. So that way you're not running the same stuff everybody else is. Um, also, pallets you have to source them very well because some some pallet companies they promise you the world and they're then you all, get them in. They're you, all shady. All of them are shady. Yeah, you got to assume that. I mean. If they had a, if they if they were good, uh, they would be selling some of the good stuff out of those pallets themselves. So they're not going to send you. They might send one or two really good pieces, but the rest are being held and they're selling on other sites and stuff like that. Or they're yeah. moving them to other pallets and they're selling them as premium pallets, so they get all mm-hmm. the good stuff in one pallet and they charge more. Like that, that would make sense to me as a business owner to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, Chris has asked a great question here. He says, "How do we get? How did you, did you get your uh, thrifters only account off the ground? I think it was the feet picks, hard. right? Those Frodo feet of, that you got. A lot of feet picks. A lot of feet picks. Like standing on top of Coogees. That was probably the best. Yes. Uh, best. yes. That was the, that was my biggest month. There you go. Best was when the companies gave him a buy box to test and the order one from the his sister account. To, oh, nice. Did yes. You, so tell us about. So I had that. a. Yeah, I had a company that um, hit me up. This is about being transparent and, yeah. you know, not not just going for the bag. Like, you know, I could have reached out to this company and sold a bunch of their product and then said, hey, like, can we make an affiliate link because I've sold so many of your products, um, which could have easily been done because um, I could have made their box look amazing on video if I really wanted to. Um, but I chose th- this company reached out to me um, and they said, hey, we're going to, uh, are you interested in getting a box and you can choose whatever box you want. So I chose the Harley, I chose a Harley box and then I chose a Carhartt box and they sent me the box for free. And, um, they didn't even ask me to do an unboxing. Um, that wasn't like in any stipulation, but I was like, Hey, I'll do an unboxing for you. Appreciate you for what you did. I'll make an unboxing video. But then when I, what I did, cause I know what they're going to do in most cases, those companies put really good stuff in. So the influencers, get the good stuff and they make the videos and then everybody wants to buy the boxes. So what I did was I hit up my older sister, which nobody knows. And I hit her up and I asked her to buy a box for me and I would pay her back. And what I was going to do is make a video where I unboxed the box that they gave me and I compared it to the box that she bought. that They didn't know who she was. And you can see there's not a big difference discrepancy but there's enough of a discrepancy for example i was only supposed to get five items and i got six items in one of the boxes which kind of pushed it over a little bit um and the second box was not as good as the first carhartt box so and and i gave my uh, honest opinion hey if if i were to buy these would i buy these boxes again probably not because i'm able to source the same product for you know four to six dollars and in these boxes i think it came out to ten dollars a piece or something like that and i was like there's not enough profit to be made so Personally, I wouldn't buy these boxes, but if you have a hard time sourcing clothing and you want to buy some boxes to see if you can get some good pieces and maybe up your sales or fill your store, this would be a good option. But for me, it doesn't make sense. So that's being honest and transparent and not just going for, you know, I'm going to make a video and make it look really good and then get affiliate link and make some money off of it. No, because at the end of the day, who's going to be in trouble? Me or the company? My followers are going to come for me. They're going to be like, you sold me these crappy boxes. And I'll be like, I didn't put them together. The company did. And then, you know, you lose followers that way. And keeping your followers yeah. is the most important thing. There you go. There you go. So, Wayne, have you have you noticed the, like, the items that, let's say, that you would purchase for eBay are different from the ones that you would sell, like, and whatnot? Like, have you noticed you're able to pick up, 
let's say more things for whatnot that you would go on a thrift store than you would pick up on eBay due to like maybe price margins or hopefully somebody can run, you know, run up the auction on, on whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, have you noticed the things that maybe you would have left nine months ago? Now you're picking up because you can easily flip it on, on whatnot. Um, yes and no more no more no than yes um there are certain brands and certain items that go for more so the key to whatnot is if you put a plain kuji sweater in front of somebody like let's say this kuji sweater is completely black and i put Mm -hmm. this in front of you uh, of a whatnot crowd it wouldn't sell for as much obviously as a colorful one would but i think the colorful one in some cases would go for ebay prices or maybe over ebay prices because you only have a short period of time to purchase that item. So if I can talk it up, make it desirable and run the item, people will bid against each other. It becomes crazy. Like people want that item because they only have a certain period of time to buy it. So for example, one of the brands we like to buy and sell and whatnot that we typically wouldn't buy and bring to eBay is Disney items. Disney items Mm -hmm. in some cases, well, spear jerseys do good on eBay, but like regular Disney items, they don't sell for, fast and for crazy money. But some of the Disney items we've been running on whatnot have been going for really good money. So we're going to continue to pick up like loud, vibrant Disney items. I think that's an example of something that I wouldn't typically buy and bring to eBay. Um, but most of the things you see on my, on my whatnot shows, you can go to my eBay store and see them listed on eBay. Um, I, like I said in the beginning, I want to bring stuff that people are actually interested in buying. I don't want to offload the stuff that's not selling. And on, Actually, the last probably three months, I've only pulled maybe 10 items from my eBay store to actually be run on my whatnot auctions. And that speaks volumes to the amount of stuff we're bringing to whatnot because I have ran in the last three months, probably, I don't know, two shows a weekend. So eight, about 24 shows. And I probably only pulled 10 items from my eBay store. All the rest has been fresh inventory that I brought in or it's been consignment. Um, so yeah, but it's all stuff I would list on eBay. Nice. That flipper dude has a great question. He wants to know what would you say is your wheelhouse on whatnot? What do you mean by that? What, what, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, I guess. Yeah. Elaborate on that flipper dude. Um, like what do I sell? Mean, like, is that what he's asking? I think so. But as flipper dude writes, you know, to clarify that we do want to give a, a shout out to another sponsor of the podcast, this is where I get all my bu- bubble mailers and my um, my regular poly mailers. And that is ajuropack.com. And, guys, if you use the code Nashville Flippers, you're going to get 10% off. You get the bubble mailers. You get the, the gift boxes. You get you get the poly mailers, all, all different kinds of colors. So if you want to save some money on your shipping supplies, go to juropack.com and use the code Nashville Flippers. It's already listed down in the description below. So go over there and uh, save some money on some shipping supplies. So, um, yeah, uh, he says, what do you what do you do best selling on whatnot? What do I like? I guess he wants to know, like, what types of items have you noticed that are selling the best for you on whatnot? If it's so we sell item, if it's polo, if it's, you know, hill figure, Patagonia brands, yeah. types I'll, of clothing. I'll answer this two ways. Cause I think there's two ways he could have asked this question. So, um, 
we sell mostly um, mid to high end mainstream well-known brands like you were just saying, Polo Ralph Lauren, uh, Patagonia, um, North Face, Cool, um, Lululemon, um, Lily Pulitzer, things like that. High end, well-known brands. You're not going to run something that's niche. For example, um, yeah, big mm-hmm. sizes, lot of patterns. Exactly. Um, you're not going to run something like I've mentioned this before on my lives and I've answered this question the same way. Um, I'm not going to run something like a Willis and Geiger, like flight jacket. Cause not a lot of people know what a Willis and Geiger flight jacket is, even though it's like a $300 jacket in some cases, a leather one, especially I wouldn't run that on whatnot. And if I did, I'd have to talk it up extremely well before I ran the item. So people would know like my resellers in the chat would know like, Hey, this is a resellable item. I need to get in on this. Um, so we try to sell well-known mainstream brands where we're looking to sell to resellers, people who can buy our items and then flip them for a profit. Cause there are some of those instances that happen. For example, we had a pair of Patagonia pants on our black Friday show that sold for $6. Somebody's going to be, whoever got that's going to make oh, money. Wow. On those. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, but then we have Patagonia jackets and fleeces that go for 50, 60 bucks. So if, if obviously we want more, of your natural buyers in our shows. Cause that's where your items get run up the most, but you need resellers in there to pick up the pieces that aren't going for crazy money that maybe the natural buyers don't want. Um, but we bring mainstream well-known brands and we run a lot of, we run everything dollar auctions, everything's dollar starts. And if we preload them, people can do pre-bids and stuff like that. So maybe occasionally you'll see like a $15 pre-bid on some crazy piece. Um, but we do fast paced, mainstream high-end auctions um, on our black Friday show because whatnot decided to crash the instant we uh, tried to go live um, <laughs> shout out whatnot. That was uh, not too good, but uh, um, we did, I had to adjust the way I did that auction on the fly because I, I, we had to get through it. I had 200 items. I had to get through it and I didn't know whether they were going to extend the time period from 12 till they extended till 3 a.m., but I didn't know they were going to do that. So I actually started doing 15 seconds sudden death, literally talking about the item for five seconds, putting it up, 15 seconds sudden death, let's go, looking for the next item to grab. So we might start doing that a little bit more. That was actually fun, and it made the auction go quicker, and we can get through more items. Um, so sometimes when you're under pressure situation, diamonds can come from pressure. So I think that we found a little hey, diamond stuff when that happened. Preach. Yeah. yeah so. that's, that's good. I hope that um, what, how many items do you usually run on your whatnot shows? Um, we started, uh, we started with like 50. Um, then we moved it to 70. Um, now we're doing, uh, around a hundred. We're doing 70 between 70 and hundred depends on the night. And then we're doing, um, on black Friday, we did a 200 item show. We did a hundred preloaded and a hundred random pulls. Um, Oh, also, wow. if you guys are listening to this um, before December 1st, on December 1st, we're doing a full giveaway show and we're giving away dunks. We're giving away um, Barefoot Dreams, new with tags. We're giving away a bunch of ra- random stuff just for, you know, shouting out the people and appreciating them. We're, we're doing a huge giveaway show. So if you can make That's it. Awesome. That's a good way. To, and a lot of people have been following suit to that just to gain a lot of followers. I think that that's I think that's awesome. Um so, Wayne, for the people that may be listening to this and they're like, okay, they're sitting right now and they're like, I have a whatnot, but I'm struggling to gain people, to get people on my show. I don't have a following like K-Way does. Like, what are some tips that you can give these people? Yeah. Um, like I said, 
in the beginning. I think a lot of people come from eBay to whatnot and they just expect to fire up a whatnot and have 200 people in their show. And if you expect that to happen, um, you're, you should be expected to fail because it's just not going to happen. There's just no mm -hmm. way somebody, uh, there's no way, even if whatnot pushed your show and you're on the front page, you're still not going to get that many people. You have to promote your show. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people fail. They just assume it's kind of like eBay. I can list my item, forget it. And eBay is going to push it to millions of people. And eventually it's going to sell. Um, whatnot's a completely different beast. Whatnot's like owning your own brick and mortar store. You got to advertise your show. That's, that's like the easiest comparison I can think of. Um, so that's why people say like, it's not fair that all these, you know, big TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook stars are big on whatnot. It's because we have the best way to advertise. We literally have hundreds of thousands of people that follow us. So when I put out a post on Facebook, it goes to all 100,000 of my followers. If they're scrolling through their feed, they're going to see my post. Um, so what I would suggest is if you want to grow your whatnot, you have to grow the way you advertise. And that might be social media or it might be a different way of advertising that I haven't thought of yet. But social media is the easiest way. If you can grow, if you can grow a platform of just 10,000 people that are interested in what you do and you put out a post, you're going to have more people in your show than if you didn't have a social media platform and you're just trying to go live on whatnot. I will say there's anomalies to that. Shout out to ZK Styles. ZK is a person I interviewed on my TikTok. It's up on my YouTube if anybody wants to watch it. She's that she, girl that sells clothing? Yeah, she sells She sells clothing. She did the runway show. Most people know her for Dude, the runway show. I love that show. Yeah. Like I was showing my wife. I'm like, look how cool this is. Exactly. They are not saying anything. They're just wearing the clothes, doing a runway, and running the items. Like That is so creative. Yep. That I absolutely, I was like, this is brilliant. ZK has a, a, a super good mindset. That's why I wanted to interview her. I, I did an interview. I, I had her explain how she grew her whatnot following. She grew it on whatnot by going into other people's shows, showing support. Then she started doing her shows. So she was still hopping back between people's shows and, you know, showing support on their shows. They would show support on her shows. She would start to grow her following. Um, and that's how she got her start. She started with, I think she said mostly thrifted items. And then she started moving with new with tags as she started growing. But yes, yeah, she's doing things like exactly what you said. She's doing different things. Like she's not following what everybody else does. She's like, how can I separate myself out from the crowd? And that's a lot of what I was talking about before when I'm up late at night and I'm just thinking, I'm constantly thinking of how can I separate myself out? How can I be different than everybody else? Maybe it's just a little difference, but it's enough to get people into my shows or into my lives or onto my Facebook and YouTube and Inst how do I do that? How do I do something that people aren't thinking of or just add a little twist to it? And she is just like me in that mindset where that show was epic. And that's what everybody talks about her. Like when she, they talk about her, they talk about that show is really smart. Um, super it's so smart. cool. It's yeah. so cool. Um, let's see. Joel is saying this is a great question by Joel. If something goes for $300 on eBay and you put it on whatnot, what is the least amount that you are okay with an item selling for percentage wise? If it goes for 300 on eBay, would it be okay for 50 on whatnot? That's a great question. Um, Wayne, that really depends on my buy cost. If I bought mm -hmm. that thing for a dollar, I don't care what it sells for. If even if it goes for 300 on eBay, it's a draw piece. Um, I'll tell you guys this, the, uh, you guys saw that Harley Davidson leather jacket, the women's new attack, Harley Davidson, screaming Eagle leather jacket, that thing, if you look it up on eBay, um, they go between like 250, 300 sometimes, especially new attacks. 
Mine was an extra small, it hurt it a little bit, um, but I actually paid up for that piece and I actually lost money on that piece. And most people would say that's a fail, but that's a draw piece. That's what brings people to the show. They're like, I want to see what that item goes for. Um, and that item went for less, but other items went for more because I brought more people to my show. Same thing as like, um, and when you go to a business and uh, like Walmart has loss leaders, they have things that they purposely put out that they know they're going to break even on, or maybe lose a little bit of money on because they yeah. want people to come into the door to buy other things. If they put the loss leader at the back of the store, because it's some really good deal, but you have to walk past all the stuff to get to the loss leader. And then you walk back through, you might pick up three other things that are big money makers that they're going to make their money on. So that's, that's a great perspective. Yeah. Same thing. Like when we do our giveaways, we do buyer appreciation giveaways, like every live and we're giving away Nike dunks on the black Friday show. We gave away a barefoot dreams, Disney blanket. We gave a barefoot dreams cardigan, new with tags. We gave away a Coogee sweater and we gave away a pair of new, new in box Nike dunks. They could choose whatever pair they want. They chose a pair of dunks. Um, those are all loss leaders. Like people want to buy items to get entered for all those giveaways. Um, so it, it's almost, it's like a little form of gambling almost, but they're also buying stuff that they can either buy and sell or buy for themselves too. It's not like we're selling junk and trying to get you to come in to buy the junk so we can have you get it for the buyer appreciation giveaways. We're still selling high end quality items. So it's a win-win in both instances. If you get an item, but you don't win the buyer appreciation, at least you got a really cool item or you can get both the cool item and the buyer appreciation giveaway. So um, again, loss leader brings people into the show, but you end up making more over the course of the show. Yeah, that's a great, that's, that's you, a great. Do you do any buyer appreciation on your show? We do, we do. And it's usually, it's just random, you know, like whatever we pick up, we usually do three giveaways through the show and then a buyer appreciation giveaway at the end last, not on Friday, but the week before that, we found a Nicholas Cage blanket with Nicholas Cage's face on it. So we did that as a buyer appreciation giveaway. So like we just do like really random stuff that we think is funny or cool or whatever the case. But um yeah. But you saying that like I'm thinking things are going through my head. I think I can give at least a better more of a draw item for people to come on and then bid so yep. hopefully win for that buyer appreciation giveaway. Yep. So and what you is... do is all throughout the live, like if you have, let's say 70 items that you have, you're running on that show, uh, every 10 to 15 items, you hold up that buyer appreciation. You're like, Hey, by the way, you're entering for this camera. If you buy one item, you're entered for this camera. This thing goes mm -hmm. for good money. Go look it up if you want to. Um, I sold one of these recently for 150 bucks or something like that. So make sure you buy at least one item throughout the show, set it aside, run your next item. Um, during the Black Friday show, it was actually beneficial, a little bit beneficial, a little bit not, but the shop went down. So nobody could buy anything from our shop. So to be entered in the buyer appreciations, like right before they were run, they had to buy an auction. So some of the auctions actually went a little bit higher, but I think we would have sold more if the shop was open because I had stuff loaded in the shop. So gotcha. it was like, it was like really annoying, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that, the, it's, it's between buyer appreciation. Yeah. And then to, to piggyback what you're saying on Joel's comment, like what we do like for instance, like we picked up a, um, or I found a, a Motorola Razor, like one of those new ones that like folds down that smartphone. I, I found it for seven dollars. It's selling for like four fifty on eBay, but on whatnot we had listed for three hundred starting price, which someone would have won it for three hundred dollars, which I'm okay with losing that one hundred and fifty dollars, knowing that I can sell it literally like that day. Like and then two weeks ago. I went to the flea market and found three inbox uh, Furbies from 1998 
and I paid $40 for all three of them. And I could list them on eBay, sell them for 50 to $60 all day long. But that night I put them up for a hundred dollars on whatnot and they sold for $130. So, mm. which is great. And within, I didn't even have them even three hours and they already sold. Cause I know that I can just easy flip, easy flip, quick flip. So it depends on what your margins are. Like Wayne was saying, and how quick you want to sit on something and guys it's, I'm in the selling business. I ain't in the storage business. You know what I mean? So I want to get it in and get it out quick. Now, That's now, my with, perspective. With those with those Furbies, um, did you make any content on that? No, zero. Okay. What you should what you should do, um, advice from me to you is you should yeah. make a video of you picking up those Furbies, showing what they could sell for on eBay, and then showing what they sold for on whatnot. You can make a, a video of you going, picking them up, showing the Furbies, getting them home, showing what they could go for on eBay, and then showing the background of you running on whatnot because you can download the whatnots afterwards and then show what they went for. And that might draw on the people that are interested in those type of products. Same as that Motorola Razor. You can show yourself picking it up, a short form video of you picking it up, showing it, putting it on whatnot, showing yourself listing it, and then showing it sell on whatnot for $150 less. And then yeah. you can do the whole, you know, go through the link in my bio and you'll get $10 or $15, whatever you have. That's the razor. I was actually thinking of, I was actually planning on doing that because I, that video, it kind of went like semi viral. I think it has like 400,000 views currently on TikTok, mm. And I have 60 DMS from people from Ghana saying that they would love to buy the phone, which I don't know. I guess people in Africa really enjoy my content. So shout out to Zimbabwe, shout out to Ghana. So that's your core uh, following right there. That's my core following, baby. Let's go. So, uh, let's see here. Tip for the other whatnot shows. Don't hang your items from the ceiling, like a me hook and clean your room behind you. Who does that? That's interesting. Uh, he, do you, you do that? Do you do that? No, 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 no. Uh, but I know what she's talking about. Like some people, like y- you can see everything that's behind them. They're like in the middle of their, their house um, running their whatnot show. And they're like couches oh. behind them and stuff like that. Yeah. People, it, you have to make the aesthetic good for the person that's buying. For item. sure. Yeah. Cause it's, for sure. like, they wouldn't go buy something like food at Walmart. If Walmart's all dirty and grimy where the food is, you just be like, and all right, I'm going to the next. I place. did notice that. I did notice that too. Cause the, our first couple whatnots before we got our, like office because we you know we have a space where we do our whatnot streams out of we were doing it out of my office here and my mm-hmm. in my room and you know all my collectibles and stuff that was like kind of the back- backdrop but it's not like what we were selling you know so it was like a little bit misleading and then we moved into our space and we're like this is our office this is you know away from all this and we're gonna run our whatnots out of here and then we just had like a, you know, I got a, like a backdrop where it says like Nashville flippers and I would grab an item, show it or whatever. And still it wasn't, you know, like translating. And then I got a metal rack with wheels and I would just set everything that I was selling on that metal rack. And then it was just be- would be behind me. And then people would just look and it's like, hey, what's that on your left side on bottom shelf? What's that? What's this? What's that? You know, so I think that's great. You know, you can do other things. I know that you, you have like, what is it? Just like a hanging rack. Yeah. So you pull clothes. Um, yeah. That, that rack uh, behind me, I actually cleaned it up a little bit here. Cause we had all the racks from our 200 item show. We've been shipping like all those are orders from the 200 item show that we packed up today, but we use a rack like that and it's a two level rack. So there's another 
level right there that we can hang shirts from. We just shipped out all those so far. So that's why it's only up top. But yeah, we just have those. You could wheel them around on the, we have a small space. We have a really small house actually. So we're looking to expand to a bigger house, which would help us, especially if we can get a garage space. That's like a two car garage. Cause right now we have a one car garage. So if I can move that into there, make a whole whatnot background set and all that, it'd definitely help out. Um, but like on the 200 item show, we had two racks in here. And then, cause we're limited on space. We ran a buyer appreciation at a hundred items. And then we pulled those two racks out and brought the other two racks in while the buyer appreciation was going. So we didn't lose anybody. Um, but yeah, we do the, do the hanging racks. We also preload our items on some shows so people can yeah. just go through and look at what we have listed. Um, and then other, other shows, probably our most successful shows and what people really like is the random pools because you never know what's coming up next. So people will stay the whole live to see what's coming up next. Um, and we'll pull crazy stuff out. Like we don't just put junk in the random pools because people are excited about them. We put really good stuff in the random pools. So when something gets pulled out, they're like, wow, I didn't expect that to be in there. Oh, that's my size. I'll bid it up. So yeah, it, it, uh, again, do different things, see what your, what your buyers like and roll with it. Once you find something good, start doing that and then start thinking, how am I going to expand on this piece? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I also notice you, you still gotta, there's gotta be a vibe, you know, to whatnot shows. You can't just be like, like a like a freaking like stale fish you know trying to run your your whatnot you know what i mean and it's good to do it like if you have someone that would help you you know it's that interacting back and forth like me and dustin he's running everything on the computer while i'm like showing showing stuff and we're you know talking back and forth we got music going we're just vibing you know and it's it does help because you're like the person on the other side wants to be a part of that you know what I mean? Like they want to be part of that fun. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be able to gauge with chat. You gotta be able to laugh. You gotta be able to have jokes. Like I have like, uh, it's easy for me because I brought over a TikTok community and a Facebook community that I already have jokes with. We already have our own like inside jokes. And whenever somebody says something, I like make fun of them. They make fun of me. Um, the new thing is everybody keeps saying Wayne is lame. Hashtag Wayne is lame. So I just laugh about it and they just keep going on and on about it. But um, yeah, like different things like that, that make it fun and you make it like a little community and people want to come back and enjoy the experience. You can't, like you said, you can't just be standing there like, please buy this item. It's yeah. running for $5. Thank you for the bid. Like that's boring. Like have music run in the background. By the way, you're allowed to do that. I've reached out to whatnot. I said, Hey, is there any copyright restrictions? If I run, copyright music they said nope feel free to run whatever music you want so i was like all right cool so run the music you want to play have some fun get some drinks just don't be belligerent they told me that i'm allowed to you know sip uh, sip some alcoholic drinks which is completely fine um just try not to get drunk on stream so that's what we try not to do that but have some fun just engage with your audience and be yourself like yeah that's the biggest thing is just be yourself don't try to be don't try to watch somebody else's show like don't watch ZK's show and then buy yourself a treadmill and start blowing a fan on yourself and walking and holding your item or dressing up. That won't work for you. Like do something that you enjoy doing and doing something you enjoy watching, like watch a bunch of other whatnot shows. And yes. you're like, Hey, I, I really like Ray's show. I like how he has it set up. I'm going to make my setup look something like his because I enjoy watching his show. and enjoy his vibe. Do do that. Um, but yeah, be yourself. There you go. There you go. This is a great question by Tokyo Thrifts. He's saying, do you, do we have too many resellers in the content space? Which that kind of leads me to kind of like my next question. And so 
the fine balance in content creator and reseller, right? We always struggle with that because I feel like some people just use reselling as a vehicle for content creation or become a YouTuber or a TikToker, as I do quotation marks for the people that are listening at home, or an Instagrammer. Or so they just use it as an avenue to become quote unquote internet famous. I don't think that you are that person. And I think that's why people are drawn to you. Like some people are those people, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And like, I don't know, speak on that, uh, Wayne, because I love this. I love this. You know what I mean? Cause like, I wish I had time to make more content. Like if you see my TikTok. I don't put out as many videos as I used to. Like I used to put out like a video like a day. You know what I mean? But it's like after 2020 was gone, I needed to focus on my reselling business. And so and then whatnot. Like I'm still, you know, I'm still learning about whatnot. That's why I wanted to have you on. Like what's Wayne doing that could work for me or what vice versa? You know, so yeah, speak about that. Yeah. So I don't think there's to answer this question. I don't think there's too many resellers. I don't think there ever can be too many resellers in the content space. I think it's good. Unless, unless you're Chris, because we don't need another Chris at peak in the content creation space. I, I think, yeah, Chris is working on his content game. He was lacking, but we got him back on track. He started to make some content again, so that's good. But um, I don't think there's too many. I think it's okay to have more. More people give more content creators talking about what we sell and what we do just brings more people to the platforms. Cause they're like, Hey, I didn't know eBay was still a thing. And then they go on eBay, they buy something. It helps everybody out. So I don't really think it's that big of an issue. Um, but yeah, to speak on what you were saying about, you know, there's resellers and then there's content creators that resell. That's, that's the difference. There's people that are actually out here. Like if I, if I took away all of my social media, um, I would still be able to profit. Even if I took away whatnot at this point, I would still be able to pay all my bills. Um, so I, that, I, again, that's what you were saying. Like, I think that's why people follow you is because I like to work. I like to work on the ground. Like I'm on the ground with everybody else. That's why I do the lives. That's why I show what I do. I give out all my knowledge um, because I'm on the ground with everybody else. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm still listing. Obviously we have help now because we're doing multiple things, but we're still listing consistently every single day on eBay. Um, we're cross listing, we're doing all that stuff and we're also doing whatnot. So I'm still trying to stay where everybody else is. And I'm also trying to grow at the same time. Whereas what you're saying is there's people out there that, um, they make content about reselling, but if it wasn't for their content and the amount of people that were following them and the money they made from their content, they wouldn't actually be able to pay their bills. Um, I think but I think there's also a space for that and that's okay. Um, but I, I don't, I'm kind of, I kind of get your vibe. Like I'm kind of the same way. I don't really like people that call themselves resellers, but they're content creators. Call yourself a content creator that resells. That's what you should be. Um, you get your when money. Is, from your- where's, where's that fine line? Cause it's like, there is like, there is like a very fine line. You say you're like, you're in the dirt, you're in the trenches with all, with all of us here. But like, what if what if Kway becomes too big and he's like, you know, like giving seminars with like Gary V and stuff, and then it's like, man, we're all gonna sit here, you know, on the crown zero, ground zero, and we're like, man, I remember when Kway was that guy, and now, 
what happened to K-Way, you know? I think as long as as long as I'm still if I'm having a seminar seminar with Gary Vee, but you're going to my eBay store and you're still seeing consistent sales and you're not seeing an eBay store with 50 items in it and I sold one item over the last 6 months, then I'm still working on the ground. I'm still if I'm still doing lives and I'm still, you know, showing that I'm doing the same thing everybody else is, I think I'm still on the ground level. Um yeah. That's that's what I think. Okay. And I, that's one of the things, like, when I talk, you know, because I've done anybody who resells is a, is a reseller. Oh, that's a good – anybody who resells is a reseller, mm-hmm. says Kevin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can see that. Like, uh, you know, I'm a, part, I'm a part-time reseller, right? I'm a part-time mm-hmm. reseller. So, and then this year, content creation has really taken, like, a back step, in my opinion, because of whatnot. Because I really want to focus in on that platform and learn what's what's working with me working for me but you know i've done these interviews for a lot of people and some i would say that 50 percent of the time the interview starts turning from reselling related content to or reselling talk into content creation talk right Mm -hmm. and i've talked to people that are like all they do is talk about their videos and how well they've done you know, and then how much money they've done with that. Like for you, does that, is that your focus? Like, are you focusing on, I need to do a video this way so it pops off and then I can make this much money for it. Or is that just, no, not I even mean, thinking about it. If you even, if you even go to my TikTok, and by the way, if people who aren't on TikTok, it, you can make good money on TikTok. TikTok is TikTok and Facebook are very, very close to, they're getting very close to YouTube. Although TikTok took a little step back recently, a lot of the creators have been realizing their RPM has gone down when their videos go viral. But even if you go to my TikTok right now, my yeah, average pick and choose what is considered a eligible view. Yeah. yeah. Which, and if you get a shout out, to my, shout out to the people in shout out to the people in Ghana, you know? What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, if you get a violation, they take it away too. It's kind of annoying, but um, my average view on TikTok is like, probably like 30 to 40 K. So I'm making 30 to actually less than that. If I, if it's 40 K you're making like 30 bucks. Cause some of those aren't qualified views or they're people that watched it over again. So they don't qualify. Um, of course I got affiliate links. I got, but when, when I, when I make a video, it's not for the purpose of um, trying to get a viral hit. I'm very, very rarely do I make videos where I try to get a viral hit. I think recently my last couple videos were kind of like turning a negative comment into like a, trying to turn a negative comment into something positive or showcasing a negative comment and, you know, shouting out the resellers that are out here grinding and stuff like that. Um, but no, when I make a piece of content, it's not like I'm putting all of my effort into making it go viral, um, making money off of it. Again, if I took away social media, I'd still be able to pay all my bills and then some, so I don't, I don't need it. Um, but I enjoy doing it and that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. What would you say to those people like like Kevin that are fake resellers and they're now like full-time content creators that are just, you know, here for like the spotlight? Shout out to Kevin. <laughs> think, I'm being completely facetious. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a space for it. I think I mean it's okay to make your income making reselling kind of content like going out to garage sales, thrift stores, retail stores, buying stuff to resell. That's perfectly fine. That's another avenue of reselling. I mean, that's another avenue of making money. So by all means, go do it. It, um, At the end of the day, it doesn't affect 
me or you or what anybody's doing out there. Um, make your money how you got to make it. That's it. In the legal and not yeah. hurting kind of. Don't be selling you know, stuff you're not allowed to sell. Don't be selling like pickle keepers on the side. No like Velcro. No, no Velcro yeah. out there. No Velcro. No Velcro. Yeah. Say, bro, me too. I love what? Oh, what is a pickle keeper? Anyways, all the elusive pickle keeper. I don't know if that's like a, like inside joke. I think that's on the only about. thrifters that uh, Chris at Peak was talking about earlier. Okay. This is a great question by, by Chris. And she's saying, talk about the help that you were alluding to. And I know there is a fine line to where, you know, time is a commodity that no, none of us can buy or purchase that we all have the same amount, you know, like with you, with having three little ones at home and then running a full-time business, you know, eBay and then now whatnot, which takes a lot of time and then doing your consignment also and whatnot. Um, what does that help look like? What, repeat the question again. Sorry. What is that? Like the, like your help. You you talk, you allude a little bit about you having help. Um, oh yeah. Okay. What does that look like? Yeah. 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 I think we talked about this maybe on the first time we talked like back then, like I said that we're looking to bring on somebody. I think I mentioned this, maybe it was another um, interview that I did, but I'm pretty sure it was with you guys, but we brought on my mother-in-law pretty much um, full-time. She helps us, um, anywhere between 40 to 50 hours a week listing on eBay. Um, she takes, she does the uh, drafts for us. Um, after she does the drafts, uh, she takes the photos and then I put the listings live and every day she gets like anywhere between 30 to 50 listings done. And if uh, Kayla's helping out too, if we're, we're all working together, we can sometimes get anywhere between 50 to 80 listings like drafted and ready to go. And I like to keep some of those in the draft bank. Um, hopefully people know what that is like keeping a, a log a bank of drafts ready to go. So that way, if you have like on the weekend, you don't want to do any work, but you want to put 30 listings live. All you have to do is just go put them all live and it keeps the algorithm going. Um, but yeah, she, she helps us. Um, and we pay her pretty much what she was making, um, actually pay her a little bit more than she was making at her last job simply because I just didn't have enough time between setting up whatnot shows, listing on eBay, making little pieces of content for social media, going thrifting, doing my lives, all that stuff. It was just too much and it got to be too much to where we had to bring on help. And I think next year we might actually bring on more help. Um, so I can really focus on growing YouTube, which also helps grow the other platforms um, while still maintaining the same amount of listings that we do, the same sales, so on and so forth. Okay. Um, how do you know, you know, a lot of people probably are in this position right now to when did you decide, decide to make that decision on bringing somebody along that will help you? Like maybe someone's at that thrift threshold or at that line to where, okay, I need to get somebody, but like, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Um, I think it's really based mostly off finances. Can you afford to pay for help first? Um, obviously you don't want to bring on help too early and you don't have the means to pay them because that's bad. You need to be able to pay the people. Um, I think we went like full force and we brought on my mother-in-law, um, who helps us pretty much full time at this point. Um, so we were making enough to pay our full-time income. You could start slower. Like if you have, um, a lot of people use like a neighborhood kid down the street that wants to make a little bit extra money. They're 16, 17 years old and they don't want to go get a normal nine to five. So you reach out to them and be like, Hey, 
can you come uh, do some listings? I know you're on the computer all the time. Can you learn how to do listings? And I'll pay you X amount of dollars per listing. I think that's a really good um, way to start. Um, yeah, but I think the most important thing is have means to pay that person. And if you're behind on work, if you just bring in that one person that you can bring in to do that one task that is the most um, tedious task for you, offload that to them first, and then you're going to make more money because you're going to be able to focus on the things that are, you're actually making the most money on. For example, um, when we brought her on, I was able to focus more on building the whatnot, loading the whatnot shows in early instead of doing it at Saturday at five o'clock, finishing my show right before I was having the show at eight o'clock. Now they're loaded on like Tuesday. So it helps me out. So I'm able to load multiple shows a week. So now I'm able to focus on something that's making consistently more income week after week instead of, you know, focusing on doing the tedious listing tasks. Okay. Nice. Kevin's got a great question. He he says, here's a question. If a lawyer that makes 200,000 a year and also a reseller that makes 10 K, is he not a reseller because he makes more doing something else? I guess that has to do with the person, right? Cause I mean, like with me, I work a normal job and I'm a reseller part-time, but would I consider myself a reseller? Yeah. But I mean, I guess if you consider reselling as a hobby, you know, like how serious you're taking it, which 10K I would think would be, you know, like pretty substantial. But that sounds like for for a lawyer that makes 200,000, that sounds like pretty much like a hobby, something that he might want to do on the side. But that has to do with like the person. I mean, when you were a mailman, Wayne, were you reselling on the side? Like, did you consider yourself a mailman that resells on the side or did you consider yourself a reseller? a part-time reseller, full-time mailman? That's a good question. Um, for me, um, I resold on the side. Um, I didn't really call myself a reseller mm -hmm. until I left that mail job. That's when I became a reseller. That was my sole form of income. Um, and I was actually making more reselling while I was working that full-time job. And as soon as I started doing that, that's when I transitioned to becoming a reseller. Um, like I said, I mean, there's people that make content about reselling, but don't make their full-time income about uh, make they make their content about reselling, but they're not a like full-time reseller. If they quit making content, they wouldn't be able to support themselves. I think that's when you're technically a reseller when you can support yourself making the money from reselling. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. I mean, people can have their own opinions about that. Yeah. Um, if you made most of your content selling, let's say you were selling, I don't know, let's just name something. Um, trying to think of like a product I can pick. Um, hairspray, I don't know. Kuji sweaters. Kuji let's say you were selling, you were selling Kuji sweaters, right? And you only sold $5,000 worth of Kuji sweaters a year, but you made $500,000 on the content you made on the Kuji sweaters. Are you a Kuji sweater, a sweater seller? No. Or are you a no. content creator that makes money selling Kuji sweaters? Yes. I think you're a content creator first that resells, which is completely fine. That's, yeah. that's at, at, at that point, you should probably open up a marketing agency or something to help people, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's cool. I, I agree with you on that. And I feel, I do feel, and not to, I'm not trying to bash anybody or anything like that. And I'm, Kevin, I'm not bashing you because <laughs> I know that you're probably taking offense. But um, I do feel that there are some people in this space, not to name names, that 
wannabe just strictly content creators that use reselling as a vehicle to become internet famous and that's my opinion so yeah she got fine Sh- shout out to wyatt me and wyatt have had this conversation on live before and he has told me he's a reseller but he loves to make content and that's where he's making most of his income from is making mm-hmm. content and he he's even said it like he doesn't consider himself like a reseller he said it on live before when we were on live which is cool i i mean that's awesome um yeah i mean that's cool for me <laughs> I, yeah. I don't have any problem with it. I don't, I don't really care at the end of the day. If you make, make your money, how you got to make your money. Everybody's got to pay their bills. And that's what we're here for is pay our bills. So, yeah. Uh, Chris is saying, wouldn't you say that you are what you spend more of your time doing? That's a great, that is a great uh, statement, Kristen. In that case, I am a full-time Seinfeld watcher. I, spend a lot I of watch zero. Them, so. I watch literally zero TV. The only TV I watch is yeah. when the Titans are losing usually. And that's, you know, it's bad. It's really bad to watch. <laughs> yeah. just, uh... <laughs> Kevin says, I know Ray, I agree with your opinion of Dave. LOL. I only ask because Reddit tells me I'm not a reseller because the more, Oh, I forgot that you're like a Reddit, a Reddit uh, villain. Uh, I sold the same amount of money 10 years ago reselling as I do now. I resell then and I am now. So yeah, got that's a great, that, that is a great um, statement there. And guys, if you want to learn more about Kevin's transition into becoming a full-time reseller, Hey, check out an interview that we did with Kevin here on the podcast this week in reselling. So yeah, I identify as a reseller. Yeah. I guess we're just putting <laughs> pronouns, you know, <laughs> to each other now. Can we uh can we see more fish on the Kuji? Yeah, that is the fish one, right? Yeah, I got the fishies fishies on the fishies on oh, the front. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice one. He, he flipped flipped. flipped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and um like like K Way said, if that's your thing, then that's your thing. Don't, and I mean I'm not hating. Shoot, if I can make two hundred thousand dollars making reselling content, hey, by all means, baby. You know, bring on the money. I'm, I'm, I'm no, uh, I'm the person that I will probably be the person that chases the bag the quickest out of anybody here. So don't hate on that. So I'm saying that if you spend more time being a mailman than a reseller, then you're a mailman and not in a part-time reseller. I think so. Like with me, I do consider myself a part-time reseller, even though I'm putting in full-time hours because I have a quote unquote regular job. So Hmm. yeah. I would see that. I think, yeah, um, I'm not full time. I'm I still part time, fifteen to twenty hours a week reselling, same as always. So there you go, Kevin. Uh, I say Kevin's hardcore reseller first and foremost. He loves what he does. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so with that being said, guys, make sure you follow Kway on all of his social media platforms. I'm sure you can find him every day live somewhere. He's probably on, um, is be real still a thing? Is that still a thing? I have no clue. <laughs> right? I've never been on there. No. I've never been on there too, but I think that like started to become a thing. And then people are like, eh, you know, let's not. Let's There's not. that one, that clapper app when, when TikTok was clapper. having that thing where, where everybody That's a was terrible like, name. Like it yeah, sounds like it you have the clap really, really bad. But, uh, yeah, I started posting some content there cause I didn't know if TikTok was going to go away. <laughs> 
So I was like, uh, I'll start posting some content there, and then I stopped. So, <laughs> Kristen, sorry, not digging on anyone, just trying to help identify. Yeah, K, where are you on IG? He's on everywhere, baby. He's on. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and uh, YouTube. Like I said, next year is I'm going to start focusing more on doing YouTube. I'm trying to put out weekly YouTube videos. It's, it's, so what does that look, what does that look like? And I know that we talked uh, previous on our previous episode of the podcast about YouTube. What does that look like for you in this previous year? You really want to focus on, what does that look like? Do you have, Um, do you have it drawn out? Is that something that you're still venturing and putting ideas down and talking to your wife about? We have a, we have a big, we have a huge, um, announcement we've been teasing it a little bit on some of our lives and are you having another baby no i'm oh. i'm there's no more coming out of oh there you go done Spin blanks, once, I the boy, once i got the boy we're done we're over with that's it but uh yeah uh we have a big announcement coming um sometime around january 1st either, either a little bit before or on january 1st we got a big announcement for the new year some plans that we have um growing youtube so the first year I started making content, it was like I started, you know, liking making videos and, and putting out the content on TikTok. And I grew my TikTok. I think in the first year I got like 50,000 followers, something like that. Maybe a little bit less, maybe like 30K or something like that. And the following year I started going um, Facebook. And this year we hit 100,000 followers on Facebook. Um, and next year is YouTube. So right now I think we're sitting at 10K on YouTube. Um, I want next year that to grow to like 50k and i think if we consistently put out the same content we are doing lives like basically every single day putting out a full piece of youtube content like 30 minutes long of thrifting or maybe like a 15 minute tutorial Dude, video. you'll get that in like six months if you really put it down you'll yeah. get it in like six months yeah. i always set my goals low i know because i want to try to complete them so um i complete all my goals this year i think i hit all my all my numbers and everything i wanted to hit i think next year uh, we'll, we'll grow the YouTube. I think bringing on another person is going to help do that. And YouTube, we're, we're using it as a funnel to our whatnot shows. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, that's like that's your biggest, smart. that's smart. That's what you need to do advertising. And I think yeah. most people see YouTube as that one platform. Once you hit that reselling wise, you've made it. I don't know why that is. I don't know why like eBay reaches out to solely like just YouTube creators to put on their whatever, whatever they do, because there's so many good resellers on places like TikTok. There's so many good resellers on places like YouTube. Um, there's lots on Instagram and those are like all put off to the side. So I think that last piece is what we need to have. Um, and that's what next year is going to be all about is growing that YouTube. So we can funnel people into our whatnot shows and people can see like we're consistently selling really good stuff to our following. There's, you know, no shadiness. There's no selling junk. We, we really want to grow that. And the easiest and best way to do that is through social media and growing YouTube is that last piece. So putting out a piece of content every single week is going to be key. Um, putting out the live thrifts. Um, if you guys want to go watch those, you can watch me live thrift for like two hours. Just watch it on your phone. It's a lot better because it's form, filmed in yeah. portrait mode because it's it's done on, on TikTok. Um, and keeping up with the lives. I think that's key too, is doing the daily lives. Um, I think people really like those and we can engage just like we're engaging right now. I can bring people in and just have good conversations um, anytime I want. So um, there you go. There you go. Love it. The flipper dude says, Hey, Wayne, talk, let's talk about consignment. Hey, hit me up IG. If you want to consign, if you got good stuff, it's gotta, it's gotta be, it's gotta be fire though. 
it's got to be fire. It's got to be stuff, you know, you could sell for $35 or more on eBay. We're not the lower margin stuff. Um, just we just don't make enough money by the time you ship it to us. You're not going to make enough money. It doesn't make any sense. But if you got stuff that's $35 or more, hit me up uh, 70 30 splits. You get paid out. Basically, we ran our items on Friday. My consigners are either getting paid out tonight after this live or first thing Monday morning. So they got their items run. They get paid out on Monday. Nice. Nice. So for people that are looking to maybe do consignment, hit up Kway, and uh, make sure the item, make sure the stuff is fire. So uh, yeah, are you going to continue doing both short form and long form on the same YouTube channel? Yeah. So it's tricky, and I know you know this. Um, YouTube is a minute, and TikTok is TikTok and Facebook are you know you can put the you can put two minute, three minute. So it's so you hard. Can put up to like ten minutes on TikTok. And, and you could put a whole YouTube video on Facebook if you really wanted to, which is something that we might be doing in the new year too, is mm-hmm. maybe playing around with a little bit of that. Cause I don't see anybody doing that either, but um, that's the hard part is I want to put all the same content on YouTube that I do on TikTok, but then I got to do a lot more editing afterwards to try to shorten it down. And you might lose pieces that you really need in those videos. So I put short form content that I can put on YouTube. And I normally like if it's a thrifting video, I'll just cut off the back end and just put in like four or five pieces instead of seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll still continue to do that. Um, and then the long form. Yeah. I'm going to try to put out weekly, weekly videos, maybe not in January, because that's when our announcement happens. But starting like February, March and just start, you know, busting it out. Maybe not. Maybe in January, because the announcement will go along with making YouTube videos. It's gonna, it's gonna be a big announcement, and if we can do it, it's going to. Uh, I think it's gonna project us to where we we want to be in a very very short period of time. So that's something me and Kayla are discussing actively, and we're going to make it happen. So are you gonna continue to do both? Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, there's no reason to stop short form. Short form is king right now. I think long form is good, but short form is king. You can hit way more people short form than you can hit long form any day of the week. I can I put it. The reason why I think, you know, I talk to Kristen like every day. So Kristen mm-hmm. is asking because short form and long form, if you're putting them on the same channel, if you want to grow your long form, it's going to suffer because of the short form because it's two different kinds of people watching two different types of videos. And then your YouTube channel, like the algorithm gets it confused because they see that your long, your short form video is performing well, but then your long form video isn't because it thinks it's like the same kind of thing, which I think they need to fix that. And then it's not, it's not working. So you'll see somebody like have like a hundred thousand subscribers and then they'll put on like a long form video and there's only like a thousand people like watch that video. You know what I mean? So and then the money wise, the money is in the long form on YouTube than not in the short form. TikTok is a completely different animal, but if you want to make money, it has to do with the long form. So that's why she's asking that question because I think if you're focused on it up. if you're focused on views, I guess that makes sense. But for me, I do. I wonder how they feel they can answer this too. I wonder how you feel about lives and short form content. Cause lives are technically long form content that I'm putting out that I'm live right then. And my short form doesn't suffer when I'm live. I also put that live video up on YouTube and I don't think it makes it suffer. I think you have, 
two different audiences and there's a chance for if somebody watches a short form piece of content to come and watch your long form piece of content too. Obviously short form is going to hit more people because more yeah. people are going to stick around and watch a shorter piece of content because it's quicker. Um, if you get your point across and you make a really good short form piece of content, that's going to hit a, that can hit a million views in a day. Whereas if you put a really good YouTube video out, it's very, very rare that that hits a million views in a day, unless you have a huge following. So I, I don't really think putting both out will hurt you. I think in the end, if you keep the short form going and you keep sucking people in more and more people, your long form will grow too, right along with your short form. Um, in theory, but a lot of people have debunked that theory, you know, and it depends on what you want to do. You know, like if you want a lot of subscribers, you know, do short form. If you want a lot of views, you know, in theory, it it is it is a theory it is you know we can talk about this to the cows come home you yeah. know so like too, someone that someone that is a professional youtuber like kevin says i suck at short form but i but not as good as kway it just works fine to do both on whatnot but it's harder on youtube for sure so it yeah. depends on what you want you know if you want followers short form all day if you want the money then it's long form because YouTube will pay you because of those, you know, it depends on what you want. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I, I get it. Well, you, I guess for YouTube, maybe, but if you grow your short form on TikTok, you grow your following, you're able to move those people. Cause I was able to move a lot of them from TikTok yes. to Facebook. That's different. To, exactly. Yeah. That, that why, is different. Why, why couldn't you use the same concept of moving the same people from TikTok and Facebook to YouTube? Like when I, when I put out a video, I'm able to post it on Facebook and TikTok, obviously that, you know, not everybody migrates over there, but I'm sure I get more views on that because those people, and the reason I grew those platforms is because of the short form content, like mm. Facebook following is strictly from, um, short form content. And for anybody who does whatnot right now, if you can grow a Facebook following, you can convert those people over to whatnot, um, very well. And they actually spend more like most of the people that follow me on YouTube and TikTok are resellers, but people who follow me on Facebook are a different audience. Grandma's. That when Kevin's, I bring them over, when I bring Kevin's, them over uh, to whatnot, when I bring them over to whatnot, they they actually like most of my people are buying from me are actually from Facebook. And I, I think a lot of people leave that out. Um, I think that's one reason my whatnots are successful now is because I brought that audience over. So I think there's opportunity to migrate people over. I wouldn't just give up on short form and say like, it's hurting my YouTube videos. Oh, no. I'm just out YouTube videos. I think, I think you should do everything all at once. Cause at any point in time, YouTube could switch an algorithm and it moves everybody to your long form content. Correct. What if they just, yeah. put your long, I would form love video, that. I would yeah, love that. What if they stuck your yeah. long form video right at the top and you weren't growing your short form content. And then you try to start it all up again. And now you miss the opportunity to bring everybody to your YouTube video because mm -hmm. they started deciding to, Hey, at the end of the reel, if they liked it, they suggest your video and then they go right into your video. Yeah. So I think you should do everything. Like, yeah, I, I think there was a, point I'm, in, time I'm in your, I'm in your boat. Cause like, yeah. I want to do everything, you know, like I'm not that great at doing long form content unless it's something like this, but I love doing short form content. My short form content does way better than my long form content. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the, my, you know, cause my, what is it? My analytics or the people that watch my videos are like 18 to 23 year olds. You know, people mm -hmm. that watch long, longer form content are usually a little bit more of uh, 
the longer or older people, you know what I mean? They have more patience. So it is, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm in the boat with you. I'm in I the think, boat with I think you. a lot of, a lot of people just follow where the money is. Like there was a point in time where Facebook dropped their, um, their program where they were paying everybody for reels. And a lot yeah. of creators like stopped putting out consistent reels. They just did one every once in a while. And during that period of time, I just blasted reels. I was just pushing out reels because I knew that there was an open space now. Not as many are putting out reselling videos. So my videos are going to be suggested to more people. And that's how literally I had like three or four videos that blew me up from, I think I was at like 50K. And in like a month, I went from 50K 50K to 100K followers. And then I kind of like stopped for a little bit because I was going too hard and I kind of took it easy. But I think starting up next year, I'll, I'll start that back up again. But yeah, that that space was wide open because people were just following the money. And again, yeah, I think you, I think you should just do consist, be consistent. I think the key is just consistency. Consistency. That's a great, that's like you said in the beginning, you want to grow your following. You went live every day for a year. Same thing that Kevin did. He put a video every day for a year. Mm -hmm. Two to three hours every single day on live every night to where Kayla was like, what are you doing? Like, you're not making any money from this. And I'm like, it's not about making money. It's about growing the following and helping people learn how to do what I do. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, she's like, well, you're wasting your time. And now fast forward a year and a half later, it's not so much of a waste of time now because you have the loyal, loyal following that, that goes with me. So, yeah, I say to quote the late, great Randy macho man, savage, the cream will always rise to the top. So, <laughs> Joel, this uh, this is a great, and we'll end it on this. I or oh, where's the other comment? Here we go. Can't wait to come back a year and have another interview to see where he, he goes. So, yep. Wayne, thank you so much. And I know we can keep talking, and the the chat is also buzzing. Well, you can an- you can ask all these questions to Wayne each and every day when he goes live on um, on all the platforms. So, Wayne, you know I always like to end the show with goals. What are your goals reselling wise? If you consider yourself a reseller, if that's your pronoun for the day and personal. Um, goals as a reseller. Well, again, we have a big announcement. I, I don't want to give it away. It's too early, but we have a really big announcement coming in, um, in Jan- near January 1st. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to put out before or after, um, but it, it's, it's going to be a big one. It's going to be something really cool. Um, next year, I think just be consistent with what, um, we're doing, obviously focus on sales. I think there's opportunity next year. If we play our cards, right. To possibly do like a quarter million in sales on whatnot. And I think that's like undershooting what we possibly can do. Um, if we just be consistent with what we're doing right now, uh, like I said, this year, we, we just hit hundred K on, uh, on um black friday that was that was where we hit 100k which is awesome that's really cool like starting this year with not even on the platform and growing it to 100k is like really dope yeah. um, i think there's opportunity to do that next year and like double it if not get close to tripling it um growing youtube like i said before is another goal that i have um i, I really want to dive in that space like i said there's there's a lot of people i don't consider you like on social media and even if you have a million followers like shout out to bearded thrifter people don't even know him on youtube he's huge on all platforms but he's not known on because he's not known on youtube which is absolutely crazy to me um and if i'm able to grow it correctly i really want to i really want to show like all these big businesses um poshmark ebay mercari whatnot that 
there is a huge reselling group on TikTok and there's a huge reselling group on Facebook. You can't just look at YouTubers. Um, but I think I need to get big on YouTube to be able to do that. Um, I think the, the reason I think that's why, because that's where the advertisers spend the most money. And I think that's where, I think that's the reason. I, yeah, I, I, I agree, but, um, yeah, there's so, so many great people on TikTok that are so under, under known. shout out Chris at peak, hanging out in chat, Travis in the chat. Like there's so many, so many people on TikTok that, um, are on the ground grinding every single day. Grinding baby. They're showing themselves, they're showing what they're doing. And, and I, and I love to see it. And I want to, I want to bring attention to that platform as much as I can. So, um, I think that's coming next year too, but those are some of my goals. And then one of the goals is to lose a little bit of weight. You know, I've been putting on Bro, some I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, I'm right maybe there we need you. to, maybe I need to fly off to Nashville. We can go to the gym together or something. Let's something do it, now. man. Hey, and Hey, I got some good chicken wing spots. Maybe here we, too, so we can get, we're talking about going to the gym and now you're talking about chicken wings. Hey, I'm just saying, I know you like chicken wings. I love chicken wings too. Do we, do we walk into the, do we walk into the gym with our Coogee sweaters on and just like start oh, pumping sure. iron? That's oh, a, no. that's a hundred, hundred, that's a viral video all in itself. But yeah, I won't, I'll focus on that. I think I can lose like a 30, 30 ish pounds and get back into fit, fit, uh, K way shape. So I go. think that's what we're going to focus on next year. Awesome. Well guys, again, make sure you follow Wayne on all social media platforms. His link tree is down in the description below. Make sure you follow him everywhere. And if you haven't, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It would We would greatly appreciate it. We give you these great conversations each and every week. We've been doing it for a long time, so we would appreciate if you do subscribe on everywhere you're listening to this or watching it here on YouTube. So um, anything else for the people, Wayne? Oh, I, I got nothing. I appreciate you guys uh, hopping in, everybody that came over from all the platforms to hang out and chat and you know, watch the whole live and make sure if you've made it to the end, make sure you do what he did, what he said, like the video, subscribe. If you haven't already, I'll make sure I, I push this out to as many people as I can too. So we get some new followers and subscribers over to you. So appreciate you having me on again. Yeah. We'll have to do this sometime next year. We'll, we'll meet up. Uh, we'll maybe do it in another nine months. Yeah. Another nine months. We'll come back and, well, we'll you know, I am, there's rumors. I'll give you something exciting that we might be working on here. I'm, kind of planning on a reseller meetup here in nashville like around april so if it's for sure i will let everyone know i would love to see everybody and meet everybody in person and talk about reselling you know i love nashville i've been i've been to nashville i love nashville when is the new stadium being built by the way when is that Um, supposed to be i mean everything is already they've already signed all the contracts and stuff so i think in four years it'll be ready to get done gotcha. four years so gotcha it's a long this build this is fun this is fun i'll definitely have to make when my, make my way when is kayla oh kayla goes live in the morning she's not very con- it just matters on when the kids are not home and she doesn't have to deal yeah, with man. sick kids she's, on mama duty. she's doing the, the mom duties but uh um she normally goes live in the morning so if you want to follow my wife kayla book nerd she goes live over on tiktok She's normally hanging out here, uh, hanging out here in in here with mom in the morning, doing some listing, showing how she does a listing process, all that good stuff. So if you want to follow her, make sure you go follow her. She actually she's growing her Facebook a little a little quickly. I like to see there it. So. We would love to see Kayla next time. Next time for sure. You want me? I can go take so. the computer and put it right in front of her in the bed, and she just laying. She probably there would hate that. She's gonna hate that. So shout. She's probably listening to this right now. So shout out to Kayla. So everyone, yeah. thank you all so much. We do greatly appreciate it. And like always, my name is Ray. Kayway Shop. Point. 
and we will catch you guys on the flip side. See y'all and God bless. Peace. Peace.